Feel like the everyday chaos is getting to be too much? Head on over to winninggym.com slash BAP and we can help you there. Join our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program for quick wins for your gym. Check it out. You deserve it. Now back to the show. You are listening to the Built to Grow podcast, delivering the knowledge in all things fitness business. We help gym owners win. Here are your hosts, Tim Lyons and Randy Exton. All right, welcome back to the Built to Grow podcast. I'm your host, Tim Lyons, joined in sunny Scottsdale with Randy Angston. Hey, guy. Hey, buddy. Hey, man. Another day. Another day, another podcast, another knowledge bomb for everybody. See, I wore camouflage. I, oh, <laughs> you blend into the background. <laughs> for, the, even... for those following on YouTube, yeah, I'm, by the I'm way, floating head. Go, go join our, go subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yeah, I don't care if you don't watch them, but give us some love. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, go subscribe there. It's so weird that uh, YouTube's such a different animal. We just don't have the time to like go dive into the SEO on that. But you know what? That's our next project. So that's what we'll do. A couple cool things coming up are our CLA workshop for your automation needs, all handled on uh, August 6th and 7th. You're going to want to go to, what's the URL? Winninggym.com slash workshop. Yeah, that's the day. I wouldn't remember that one. Mm. That's part of our job. Uh, yeah. no, <laughs> winning gym. Winninggym.com. Uh, and also we have our, our growth summit. We're deep in the weeds on that. That's going to be an amazing event. That's September 21st, 22nd and 23rd, three-day event. Um, you're going to go to PF, PF, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> com slash summit. Uh, we'll put those in the show notes. If you have questions or you want to go check out those two events, uh, we got those coming up. But uh, Today's uh, show is uh, we're we're continuing with the trend of semi-private training. We you know if you go back into our previous episodes, we talked about the need for it, the financial model around it. We talked about how to make the experience as good or better than private training. This episode, we're going to go into the staffing uh, around how to put this in place. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had to uh, almost sneeze. Yeah. So the staffing isn't hard to do in this. So, I mean, let's let's think about some of the roles that we have here and what we've had in the past. And as we grow and scale different ways, what that might look like. The probably the most important role in any training gym, semi-private training gym or any training gym is, is that uh, fitness director. We call it the fitness director. There's other, you know, gym manager, you can call it whatever you want. But for fitness director for us, he is the man in charge. That's our Zach. Zach's uh, our fitness director here, and he's uh, basically acts as the owner, more or less. I mean, he thinks like the owner. He acts like the owner. He's just not the owner. He just he does everything that needs to get done. But one of his main roles is the sales, the sales process, the consultation process. Now, I've seen models where there is a fitness director, but then there's a sales, sales team. Role. Mm-hmm. And, and for your particular situation, and you know, again, a little plug for our private client coaching, we've got the different organizational structures as you grow and grow and grow, and then scale to multiple locations. We've got a, we've got that built out, so we don't know like who, where you're at on that kind of like timeline. Yeah, it's kind of a difficult topic to like give you a. Here's the answer. Yeah, you're like yeah. we're gonna have to type, talk a little hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetical and generalities. But uh, the fitness director for us is the go-to person. That's the person that all the clients go to for anything. So, hey, you know, I'm I'm struggling with my nutrition. They go to the fitness director. Um, I've got a new uh, I've got a referral that I want to bring with, with me. Talk to the fitness director. I need to change my membership. 
talk to the fitness director. <laughs> he does the follow-up calls on the leads. He does the consultations. If somebody doesn't close, he's following up with them over the long term. He does renewals. Pretty much acts as the owner. And for those of you that don't have this role in place and you're still in the weeds as a business owner, good news. Zach has a book coming out called yep. Directing Fitness. I just uh, saw some of the cover designs the other day that are really good. So Zach's going to be coming onto the ProFit team to do coaching for fitness directors. Beautiful. He's already he's already working with one uh, gym up in Toronto, mm -hmm. working with that fitness director. And really the goal behind having a fitness director is that the, the owner, the gym owner can finally remove themselves from the operation. If you don't have that person in place, guess what? Somebody's got to do the job. Yeah, absolutely. The work's not going to change, but who does it can change. And so- uh, Zach, we'll be bringing Zach in to talk more about the fitness director role deeper, but that's the kind of the core of the operation. Now, below that, you're going to have, you can have several roles below that. For us in the past, we had a program director. Mm -hmm. For us, that was Mike, but Mike would do the program design, both internal and external. And what we, we blanketed program design, not just the workouts, but also any programs in the gym. And, you know, if we're going to do a promotion or if sure. we're going to do a theme or if we're going to do anything to do with like an event or internal challenges or internal sure. challenges. That was always our program director. And, and really the way we, we made, they were both directors, but one was a fitness director and technically the boss and the other one was the program director. The line in the sand was the fitness director managed people and the program director managed systems. That's how Smart. we, that's how we made the difference. Mm -hmm. Fitness director was managing the team as well as the people and Mike was doing our program design, promotional Promotions. stuff. Yeah, yeah, he ran like the uh, the Candyland Challenge yeah. and like the- Su Super cool. Yeah. Clients love Well, and they stuff. go hand in hand too. If you're going to gamify some of that stuff, mm -hmm. I mean, the programming works along, you know, into it. Mm -hmm. Smart. And that's a key here because if without a program director, that's going to fall under maybe a coach or maybe the fitness director. That, again, the work- has, has to be to done. Get done. The job functions don't change in an organization, just the roles of who does those functions can. So th that would be kind of another position. Another, you know, obviously then you've got your training team. The training team, you know, they facilitate the workouts. What they do, obviously they've, they've got the program coming from the program director or your fitness director, and they go and facilitate the workouts. And what this does, and we mentioned it on the prior show, what this does by taking the programming away from the trainer, mm -hmm. the fitness coach doing the workouts, it does a couple of things. It allows you to bring in a, a newer coach that doesn't need to know programming. They just need to know how to facilitate the program and have a great experience. Also, you don't have to pay them as much because their role is to come in and do the, the thing on the paper. Like, let me, not, not to discredit any fitness trainer out there, but Versus a veteran master trainer that has program design and they're going to do all this stuff and outreach and sales and all this. No. In the training model that we run, we just, our coaches need to be coaches. Yeah. The coaches. I mean, yes, that will drift into accountability and drift into follow up with clients if they don't show up and all that kind of stuff. But their goal and their only focus is to make an amazing training experience happen and don't hurt anybody. Well, yeah. The cues. Don't <laughs> Obviously, that's an important part. Don't hurt anybody. And so when you break these functions, again, the job functions of the gym, you need somebody to do sales, you need somebody to do programming, you need somebody to do training versus having a trainer do all of those things. It really allows you to 
focus on what they do best. Yes. And typically I found trainers aren't real good salespeople. Well, I was going to say, and not only what they do best, but maybe what they don't do very well. Mm-hmm. Right. And they, or just where they're naturally not as comfortable. And that's exactly what typically you know. sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're going to find that unicorn. And here's a, here's a pro tip for any of the, the gym owners that are listening that you got, you feel like you need somebody to do this fitness director role in your facility is when you find a, a trainer that's great on the fitness floor and understands fitness, but can also sell and is not afraid of money, that's a unicorn. Mm-hmm. You got to You got to capture the unicorn. You got to study it, <laughs> but you got to put that's that's your go-to person. And typically, it's harder to find, but when you do, it's great. And uh, Zach, he was a great coach, but he also understood business. He wasn't great at sales at the beginning, sure, but he wasn't afraid of sales, yeah. and that's the that's the thing. He wasn't anti-sales or or like what's yeah, he wasn't resistant resistant around, yeah, around sure. sales. Some coaches are so. Those are the, you know, you can get away with two, like two of the three. When you're really humming, you'd have three, all three of those positions, a fitness director, program director, and fitness coaches. And then the coaches, this is a question that comes up quite a bit. In a training model, in a you know, semi-private training model, how many coaches do you need? And the, the rule of thumb, and I've heard as high as 100 clients per coach, but I like it more around 70 mm-hmm. to 80 clients per coach. So if you have 160 clients, that's, that's a two-coach Operation. operation, sure. If you've got 300, or it could be, you know, if you have 200 clients, that might be two full-time and a part-time, something like that. So you just got to do the math, but, you know, we found between 70 and 80 clients per coach is is we can fill up our schedule and we're not, we have enough availability. And then when you go to six clients per coach, then you really, it could go to over a hundred. Sure. Per. So just depends. Again, you got to look at your model and then you also got to look at your staffing plan. Hours, your schedule, Hours, sure. the schedule, the schedule, and this is key. So we're really, we really thought this through with our, the way we pay our coaches in the, in the hours that they have, you know, in the industry on typically and historically trainers would come in and train a couple of clients early morning, five, six, seven, eight, nine, go home for the middle yep. of the day. They come back at maybe five, six, seven, eight at night. And they've got this, what's called a split shift. Well, you ever wonder why personal trainers last one year on average in this industry. It's because of this. Like, how can you possibly have a life from 5 a.m. until 8 at night and you got this weird break in the middle? The younger trainers will say, oh, you know, I love that. I can get some work done. I can sure. get, I, you know, I got the middle of the, the day for myself. It, yeah. And then I come back in the afternoon. They say that in the beginning, but you do that for a year, you're two years, they're, you're pretty much, you're, that's it. You're, well, I mean, like right off the bat, you know you have almost no social life during the week. The only time that you're not at work yourself is when everybody else is at work. Workers, yeah, right. <laughs> so like, and and again, early in a career or early in, in, you know, when you're trying to make a name for yourself, it makes a lot of sense, yeah. right? You have to put in the, the reps, but it is hard to sustain. Yeah. And I think that you guys nailed it kind of from a, almost like a beginning of a career type right. you know, model. Mm-hmm. And I, I think this is much better opportunity. Hey, Tim Lance here, and I just want to give a quick shout out to everyone out there surviving the day-to-day chaos of the fitness business. You know, you're showing up every day and you got people counting on you. I know it's not easy, but you're doing it, so keep on going. But listen, if you feel like it's getting to be too much and you wanted to get some support so you can get out of the struggle and get into real growth, then I highly recommend that you check out our eight-week ProFit Business Accelerator program at winninggym.com slash grow. 
Go check it out, sign up, and let's get you on track for some easy wins and get back to growth mode. All right, once again, the link is winninggym.com slash grow. And now back to the show. Yeah, and the way we do it is we basically have a morning and a night shift, morning, afternoon shift. So we have 5 a.m. till noon, and then we have 1 p.m. until 8 p.m. And in the middle of the day where they overlap, Twice a week, we have meetings. So when everybody's here at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday or, or Thursday, we'll do team meeting or we'll do a fitness director or, or I'm sorry, a trainers only meeting or they'll do podcasts. They have their own podcast too. They love it. They love yeah. the podcast. And you know what, guys, if you're not doing a podcast from the gym level to, to give out fitness nutrition tips, go do it. Go just do it. We've got, we're getting clients on a regular basis now. Yeah. And they don't have a huge listenership subscriber base, like versus the built to grow podcast. It's probably like, we're probably 10 X what mm-hmm. the gym is, but the gym's audience is just in this area. Like, let's talk about it. Like they, it's a local business, it's a local business. Yeah. And yeah, it takes, I think they're probably on episode 25, 30, somewhere in there. We didn't see any, anything until episode 30. Like we didn't get any oh yeah feedback response, nothing. We were like, whoa, this is working. Uh, is this working? But <laughs> We knew we were going to give it a straight year of twice a week, every week for a year. We knew that going yep. in. And yep. you know what? After episode 30, 30, 35, as soon as we hit 50, 50 was like a massive hit. Um, it was about the six-week challenge. Yep. Everything's taken off from there um, as far as the podcast goes. But you just do it. And so they they have their Thursdays. They do the podcast. And so it's just a lot of fun. I mean, we got a team aspect. Uh, the way, again, we spoke about it in the prior episode, we we have a team approach here. So every client can train with any coach. And again, it's the, the coach, the clients are all about the schedule and not the coach. And, uh, you know, it's just no one client owns the, not one coach owns the group of clients. Correct. It's a team effort. Do you guys still talk about, I know that, um, in the past we've talked about incentivizing them based upon capacity and fulfillment. Yeah. Yeah. We do that quarterly. Yeah. That's out the window right now. There's no way they can get their capacity, but, uh, yeah, and so this and because is- I, I want to touch on that because it it creates a I don't want to say a competition, but it it incentivizes your trainers to bring their best foot forward. If that makes sense, yeah, you know we're, what I mean. We'll speak to that because we were having a problem a couple of years back where where one coach might have been a better coach, and the clients kind of gravitated to that. And so maybe we had two coaches on the floor, six, seven, eight, nine, but one coach was always at capacity, and the other one wasn't. And was it really fair that they were making the same that hour when one clients or one coach is training five or four and the other one's training one or two? It really didn't. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, well, wait a minute. How do we incentivize or have them not hate having a bunch of people with them if they're making the same per hour? And so that's when Zach came up with this genius capacity bonus. Yeah. And we said, you know, 70, 80, 90% at each one of these tiers of their capacity. So let's just say they had, you know, for round numbers, they had a hundred sessions in a quarter. Of course it's not, but mm-hmm. let's just say a hundred sessions in a quarter. If they had 70 people booked and checked out, they would hit a capacity of 70%. And then they would get an additional Quarterly, 50 yeah. cents or a dollar per session trained for the entire quarter. Cool. So if they had... 500 sessions, that's 500 extra bucks or a thousand sessions, an extra thousand bucks. And then it would go to, you know, higher. If they were at 80%, they would get in a higher tier. And that was really like the turning point where like, wow, well, you know what? I actually do. I just don't get it right now, but I'm going to get this capacity bonus at one time check. And they like that. You know, mm-hmm. we'd hand it out in the meeting at the end of the quarter. Here you go. You know, okay. You know, everybody claps and shit. 
So it's, and, and that's great for us, for the gym level, it's like retention's higher yeah. because they want that client back in with them. Yeah. And that's what I mean by, you know, it almost creates, it's a competitiveness, but it's not like a you versus me. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Because ideally the trainer that's going to get the capacity is the one that's just presenting their best foot forward, is executing the greatest client experience, right? Mm -hmm. And just the clients will naturally want to gravitate towards those that they align with. But the programming, the training, the actual workout, all of that's still handled by the facility, which is yeah. like we talked about, it's crucial. And so it, it really just, I mean, it's like one of those ways of getting that invested interest that we want in an employee of allowing them kind of almost a performance-based pay, but just really in a way that's not, you know, the sales aspect. It's yeah. not, yeah. Uh, hey, I have to like go behind somebody's back and start poaching clients okay. from somebody else on the Cl team. Clipping you them know? off. Yeah, because yeah. it, it, it doesn't work that way. You know, it's got to be a consistency thing. Yep. And yep. from everything that we've talked about with, through the small group model, I think that that's got a big part of it. It's interesting. We do these things and like we come up with solutions and we semi -private, don't- Semi-private. Semi-private, yeah. It's funny, we do these things and- you know, not to toot our own horn, but like having Zach in that chair and really focused on the business side of it, it's like, man, we do a lot of stuff right here that we just kind of do and don't think twice about. Like just, just having the block scheduling, that's a novel concept for a lot of gyms. Like, wh what do you mean? I, I only pay them when they're training. They don't have any tr training. No, we pay our coaches on a block. They get the same amount from 5 a.m. until noon, and it doesn't matter what they're doing. And that is that right there for our listeners. I mean, with all of the calls I take, so many conversations are, well, how do you pay your trainers? Well, are you paying them per head for who they're training? Are you paying, what, what about when they're not training somebody and they're doing you know, supplementary work like program design or- you Change the rate. Yeah, exactly. Do it. Are they now getting a cleaning fee instead of a training fee? No, guys, like there's a team member on your team. Yeah. Like it's all a, of, they're all responsibilities of a job. Yeah. You know, if you, if, instead of like, okay, it's now a retail business, right? Are you paying that person one wage when they're on the floor working with a client versus stocking the, the stock room? Well, no, not if it's that same individual who's paid for one job. It's all yeah. aspects of their yeah. job. And I think the fitness industry has this weird thing where we I, think that like the time a trainer is on the floor is the most valuable aspect of the day. And then everything else they just should just do behind. Well, there's a lot of reasons people go to that other, like only want to pay them when they're training clients because that's the technically the only time they're making they money. They feel the value of. But sure. when you do, when you take care of your coaches by saying, I'm going to pay you from 5 a.m. to noon every day, you're, you've got a shift and you're going to clock in, clock out. We don't, we, we don't even clock out in it anymore. Yeah. It's like, but it's the same schedule every yeah. day. When we tell them that we're going to pay you the same amount, no matter what you're doing. And if you're not training a client, that's on us. Like if there's nobody in that slot because we don't have enough clients, we're going to pay you. You're here. Yeah, you can work out, but only when your list of other million things are done. Like we'll let them work out on the, on the clock. Sure. That, that doesn't yeah. bother me because it's part of the business. But we've got follow-up calls. We've got handwritten cards we do. We've got program cards, a coach's card updates. We've got all these things that they have to do. That's just built into their day. Mm -hmm. And in Arizona, of all states, we see a massive dip in the summertime with our clients leaving town. Granted, we're in this kind of weird situation with the COVID, right? But, you know, typically you, we see a 30% yeah. drop. Now, normally those coaches are struggling in the summer because their clients are all gone. Not here. We take care of them from, you know, 365 days a year, 12 months a year. They're going to get that salary. No, no matter what. Yes, we see a dip and we lose revenue, but you know what? 
we want them to be on the team in the long term. We're just going to make sure that they're taken care of throughout, you know, and it's up to us to make, it's up to Zach and our marketing that we do to get clients filled up. That that puts the pressure on the business, but you're going to retain the coach a little bit longer. Absolutely. And, and that isn't one of the responsibilities of their job, right? If marketing was, mm-hmm. well, then sure, then their pay might be dictated by the amount of people that are in front of that individual. It's an aspect of the responsibilities. But in this situation, in this mm-hmm. model, the marketing and the clientele, who they're training is handled by the business. Mm-hmm. And therefore, it's not their, it makes sense, like you were saying, you know, it, it's not really their problem if they have two or three people that the gym just can't, as a business, hasn't filled a schedule yet. Yeah. There's ways that they can, right? Mm-hmm. Like we talked about their capacity. I mean, they could, they could absolutely ask for referrals and do the groundwork to get more clientele on their schedule, mm-hmm. but it's not solely their responsibility and therefore their, their pay isn't fluctuate with that as well. Yeah, it's tough. Would I love for the coaches to bring in clients all the time? Yes, I would love it. Do Are they forced to? Are they it's even part of their job? No, because I don't think they're going to be good at it. And you said it earlier, you want them focused on coaching. Yeah. Like as a primary focus, like there's aspects of being a coach that every other little thing that they, they can do can pull away from that quality of, yeah, that's you know, like, I mean, true. how many times is a co- in a coach and somebody, when you were talking like the type of personality that is that coach, when you have that sales pressure or responsibility or aspect, the desperation can set in and then, or, or the, yeah, exactly. Like I want, I would want them working on the number one thing that they bring to the table, the best, that's their focus. Yeah, definitely. And that's w- the way that you've structured that is, okay, my, their responsibility is, is the client experience. Let's make sure that that is where the, their spotlight is. Mm-hmm. I don't want them having to worry about, oh, let's shut this session down early because I need to go upsell the person that's leaving or- that's true. Now, my my focus is now somewhere else as opposed to the people that are in front of me for that hour. But because we're a team, the coaches will then bring them and walk them up to the fitness director and the fitness director handles it from there. And it's again, yeah, that pass off, that transfer, that. Yep. But the, again, back to the the work has to be done by somebody. somebody it's has just to do who it. on the bus is doing yeah. that work. Hey guys, as you know, at Built to Grow, we're all about systems and scalability. And that's why I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, Semi-Private Pro. Several years ago, I was in our gym looking around and I noticed our coaches were staring at their clipboards, struggling to stay one step ahead of the clients. And I thought, gosh, there has to be a better way. So I tasked Zach, our fitness director, and I said, dude, we got to find a software that would enhance our clients' training experience and increase our coaches' levels of engagement. See, we're all about client experience here. After countless demos, we realized there was literally nothing designed for our training model. So we set on a mission and I said, look, we got to create an app that is designed specifically for semi-private training. And I can tell you guys this firsthand, this is taking our training to new heights and I'm confident it can do the same thing for you. See, with Semi-Private Pro, you can streamline your training system, enhance client engagement and scale like never before without spending hours on programming. To learn more about how you can get started with Semi-Private Pro, head on over to special link here, semiprivatepro.com slash BTG, that's built to grow. So just head on over real quick to semiprivatepro.com slash BTG to check out a demo for yourself. So that's how we set our model up. Take that for what it's worth and do whatever you want. But obviously, if you've got 500 clients, you might have two types of directors, maybe a morning and an afternoon. If you have like more than that, it could be multiple locations. You could have gym managers. There's a million ways to staff the model. But for us, this makes a lot of sense. Uh, and as we grow and we're going to see some kick-ass stuff coming up here soon, 
it'll be different. Yep. But for those of you listening, they're like, hey, how do I staff this? Um, this question did come up. Th- there's your answer. And if you need more help, guys, if this is like foreign languages to you. And the other thing is, well, call us but or book a call. But within those roles, they, we have job descriptions that are very granular to that role that you need to have in place. And we do that, you know, right on the onboarding process. And they know it from day one. I had a conversation with the, the client that Zach was working with, our Toronto buddy, who's part of our our coaching program and or Iron Circle. Yeah. And we were elaborating on the conversation he had with Zach. And we were talking about, you know, somebody in his team. And I was asking the roles and responsibilities of that individual. And there was a lot of confusion and question from the owner of the gym. And yeah. I was like, well, you're trying to hold him accountable for all of these tasks. Does he even know that these are the responsibilities that he's, you know, is part of his job? And he goes, I guess, not clearly enough. And I said, well, yeah, exactly. I go, and the reason I like our job descriptions in our coaching program, and we almost like, I don't want to say force, but like when you come on board, like that is a requirement for you to do that and build them for yourself is because businesses and systems don't happen. It's not what's in your, your head as an owner. It's what's on paper. It's what your team can refer to. It's when you remove yourself from the situation and somebody else needs to go hire somebody for that position, what do they do? What do they grab? What do they, you know, like yeah. what role are they filling? If that's not written in some form of asset, it's not an asset. And, you leave uh, it up to chance and, and that, you know, you lose the quality. Well, yeah, exactly. In, in the game of telephone, you know, we oh, had, a, we kind of had a conversation about that and, you know, training then comes into play, right? So if this person's now unclear about their roles and responsibilities what happens when their job when they've got to train the next person in line right it, it the trickle down effect it and then the worse. business doesn't control any of that standard yeah and so yeah well what i would tell you guys if you're in that situation you're kind of like it's just reset you can you can reset anytime yeah you can say guys i've written you a new job descriptions we're going to have meetings and you just go over it again it doesn't have to be day one you could like if you've messed this up and you're already in business Good news, you can redo it at any time. There's no rule on that. Like you can go and just like, here's what we're doing and this is why and this is your role. Let's just, are we clear? Let's sign off an agreement and you reestablish exactly it. Exactly how we left the call with oh, the client did. yesterday. Yeah, so that's, okay, he's good. he's realigning. He's going to have, start with him and then the team meetings yeah. and everything that's going to yeah. follow. And it's- yeah. It's fixable. Yeah, it's absolutely. Fixable. Yeah. But if you take action, if you do something, yeah, because that's the biggest thing is everyone's got these great intentions. And then they show up for work tomorrow and they're like, well, what am I going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. New fires to put out. So, all right, well, there you guys have it. There's a little staffing for semi-private training. Get on it. Guys, until next show, keep changing (laughs) lives. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Built to Grow podcast where we help gym owners win. Now, do you have any questions that you'd like us to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you got to do is three simple things. Number one, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review. Number two, in that review, go ahead and leave us a question on anything you want us to answer. And number three, if you'd like us to give you a shout out, just go ahead and leave your handle right there in the review and we'll make sure to do that on the next episode. That's all. All you got to do then is then listen to hear your questions answered live, raw, and uncut. Join us next time on the Built to Grow podcast. Keep building something great. Bye.